Great. Okay, thank you for meeting with me, Martin. I appreciate it. It's good You're to get very you. welcome. And um, so, you know, we'll just be normal and natural because I can pretty much do editing and everything. So um, okay. it'd be good to get a guy's perspective on this, on, you know, women and leadership and what it takes to bring out your natural talents as a woman. Okay, so just to start, um, what is it that you do? Well, I'm a, an executive coach and primarily work in leadership. And if I had to break that down, it could be usually on matters of a leader developing competencies or further developing their competencies, say to, to have a vision or develop a create a team or manage conflict, competency type thing, and or uh, strategy execution. So they have a strategy that they developed and who do they have to engage around them to execute that strategy. So that's primarily the work. And then I also do a lot of career coaching and I help people, um, whether they're in place and wanting to do the next thing or they're even in a bigger transition uh, career-wise. So those are the two big things that I do. Yeah, so I just want, I want to know, do you think women have a tough time being leaders? Being leaders, I, I think they have, I think they have like different demands and some of those are insidious demands um, about, that come from society. And so I guess the short answer is, yeah, I think that they have, a, I don't know if they have a hard, hard time per se, they have challenges I think that men don't have in terms of how society views women, how they're supposed to be, and, um, um, and in a way, you know, one broad, uh, you know, kind of broad-ranging question is, um, you know, can you be both a woman and a leader, you know? Yeah. And to be very frank, I think men are intimidated by that, and I think that's part of it. And then, you know, they may not even know, men may not even know the kind of the qualities of how and why they're affected by, a, you know, a strong uh, female leader, uh, but they probably act out on some of those reactions. So those, those things add, you know, uh, qualitative challenges to a woman being a leader that men don't face at all. Yeah, that's interesting that you said that because most of my challenges um, when I'm, I'm trying to be a leader or when I'm going out there being myself are with men. And so um, usually men who are like more not as secure in themselves, um, they won't really take like my consideration seriously. Or they'll just like brush it off or they'll dismiss me. Um, and that was really, that's always really discouraging. And from me going, going out there and being more of a leader and like, um, so. Hey, by the way, your, the microphone, your microphone sound is way down somehow, the volume. Yeah. So harder to, harder to hear you. Yeah, I had a problem with the microphone and I had to, Is it still hard to hear me? It's a little bit better, but not as clear as it was earlier. All right, let's try it 
here. I couldn't hear you when I had my headphones in earlier, so hopefully you can see. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, very clear. Yeah. Oh, perfect. I can hear you now too. Okay. I oh, good. Okay. Well, I had it plugged into the wrong jack. Um, okay. So I was saying the majority of my does it sound better like this? Yeah. Much. Okay. Well, all right. So the majority of my issues in the workplace are were with men who are more insecure, um, like not as secure in themselves, and they would not take my consideration seriously. They would dismiss me, or uh, more often they would align themselves with like an like another woman who they. I just like, I've always watched this. So this is my perspective. They would just align themselves with another woman who didn't threaten them as much. Mm. So then it was like an alliance. And um, eventually I just had to leave the corporate world. It was happening too many times. So what do you say? How do you get past that as a woman leader? Like, um, In some way, uh, it would be the... The, what I'm going to say would be the thought I would have about dealing with anybody. And, well, here's one thought, is that the idea that um, people dismissed you or would dismiss a woman's thinking, not just you, because um, other women have the experience, to the extent that they would dismiss a woman's thinking or her ideas or do things to minimize her in other ways is... Um, is I could I do see that based on gender, whether or not that means the person is insecure or a guy is insecure, not so sure. They may, may they may have other motivations, and so I say that to begin to answer the question, which is then how do you address that? And in some ways, it might be about the questions that a, a woman leader would ask to find out and explore more what is behind that person's actions. And again, that's what I was saying too, that might be true in any leadership situation. Do you, you know, take the actions of someone at face value and then make your own evaluation in terms of the motivations of the other person? Or do you take that extra time and effort to find out more about where they're coming from? Yeah, that's true. But that's always like a scary step. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. No, yeah. What do you mean? Well, I, I say I, I agreed with that. Sorry, I jumped in. But I agree with it being scared because it does call on us to move ourselves out of a comfortable place. And there's a little, maybe there's a little paradox in that too, which is, you know, I think there are some very definite accurate generalizations about how men look at women in the workplace and look at, at female leaders. And then the, the paradox is that when a, a, a man might act a certain way or say certain things, that also triggers those same general, or, or it triggers generalizations of a type by the woman looking at the man, right? So the same thing happens in both directions. Mm. And it could, be, it could be fueled by generalizations. And so I say all of that to come back to that core question, which is how do you, how do you, you know, kind of transcend that and transcend what we might see as bias and that kind of thing. And I, I think it's by more inquiry. 
you know, and get and get your own biases out of the way because everybody's got them. Yeah. Okay. And so this this is something that um, is I like it might be a little bit uncomfortable asking, but so what I've noticed is that with men or mostly, and I'm not making a men and women issue, but like how you jumped in, like, so people do that to me all the time. And so why do you think that is? Is it like a communication <laughs> like thing? Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, where, where I jumped in here. Yeah. Like why I've seen it like on uh, courses, like online that I watch, like the woman will be trying to say something and just a little bit longer than like people would like. And then the, guy or sometimes women do into women but for this purpose the guy will jump in just answer the question i guess is it more like they think big picture generally it's just how you are or is it just like i no, i really i appreciate the question i um i you know it's funny that this was a topic with the woman that i was coaching this morning we talked about this specifically and uh and this may not be the entire answer but maybe one element of it which is that men tend to be, and I, I do believe it's an ego thing at the risk of generalizing about men, but men seem to be more inclined to offer, oh, to like start with solutions and answers, whereas women, I think, at the risk of generalizing too, are more, they're more inclined toward relationship and I think that that leads to more natural inquiry versus just jumping to solution or jumping to cause of a problem. Um, whereas back to men, I think that they're also more, can be more transactional. And that may, and that may have one layer down at its root, kind of just a emotional development. And I think it would be um, okay and comfortable to say that men evolve emotionally much slower or later than women do. And so I think that that's one manifestation might be that whole jumping in kind of solution-based thinking and transactional thinking. Hmm. And so you said that men evolve emotionally later than women do. So what do you, could you say more about that? Oh, I probably can. (laughs) Um, You know, I think one, you know, why do I say that? I think I've read that and studied it uh, in my own training. uh, And I also would say that I've witnessed that where I don't know if I could say, like truly say why. Um, It just seems to be the case. Um, And I don't want to throw it back over to you. (laughs) That wouldn't be fair. Um, Hmm. Trying to think, like, how does it show up? Yeah, like in relationships or like at work. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate the right because I think we need something to like ground that idea to. I think in relationships, you'll hear people talking about you know that men are slow to commit to relationships, whereas women seem to be more ready. You know, and like you know, it's sort of like a societal, almost tongue-in-cheek thing. Like you know that that a woman will have to, you know, if people are in a relationship for a few years, that the woman will have to like prompt the guy to propose or something like that. And I don't mean that to be looking at the world in old school terms, you know, as much as the reality that that seems to take place more often than in the other direction. Mm. And so I think that that's one potential manifestation of that. Um, 
of you know women being more more involved emotionally sooner than men are. Uh, is it because you're scared of commitment? I'm just wondering. This is not where I want to go, but I'm just wondering. Oh, no, I don't know that it's a, I don't know. Uh, fear of commitment almost seems like uh, what it looks like on the surface, but I don't think it's necessarily that simple. Um, I'm not sure. I think there, I think if you get to the individual level, it's probably different. Mm. It just seems like that, that was my example of, so I wouldn't be able to get at the underlying causes like, like fear of commitment but it just seems like it shows up that way and in that context or in that area of life. Okay. Uh, and to me, I'm saying that I think that represents uh, men potentially being less emotionally mature. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I um, didn't want to make this like a men versus women thing, but it's interesting to get, but it's that. okay. Yeah. <laughs> interesting to get that perspective. Okay. Yeah. So let me see here. What is it that I want to cover? So what would you tell someone who feels that they have leadership potential and talents, um, but they have trouble aligning themselves with it? Um, and more so, it, this might be an uncomfortable question, but I think that women were supposed to be like, you know, nice, et cetera. You know, I think this is my hunch that women don't show off their more assertive talents or their more leadership talents because I know that as women in general we are very smart we are very detail oriented we see things and sometimes we just don't say it so I think um, we're scared is my hunch of not being seen as attractive because in a way it does threaten our survival like when I always used to go into work and try to be like a leader and stuff, I was never seen as attractive. People would trash me all the time. And that resulted in me feeling like, oh my gosh, you're like, you know, in feeling that way. Um, so how, and that's really hurtful for women just because that's, you know, we're, we want to be seen as, you know, whatever. So what would you say to that? Somebody who's holding themselves back because of that reason. Mm, and to the, to what you were saying, like a lot, you know, how do you align yourself with those parts of yourself that would naturally be effective and flourish as a leader? That kind yeah, of thing. yeah. Um, hmm. The the first part of that, and it comes out in a lot of like the leadership coaching I do, but also in career coaching, is to do the work of being more clear about what's important to you. Um, the woman I was working with this morning, she has worked in the financial world and she's also worked in social work, right? So kind of like what might seem like, uh, you know, 180 degree kind of uh, professions from each other. Well, where they meet in the, in the middle is, um, and what we got to today was talking about her passion around advocacy. And the reason I bring it up in light of your question is um, that first and foremost, for her to be more effective in the leadership role and some of the things that she wants to be uh, doing in the world of work uh, was her gaining that clarity around how important advocacy was to her and where it came from in the history of her life. And so that's, and so you've said it, but I was saying a moment, uh, I was saying a bit more about the idea of getting aligned with what's important to you and what you want to give life to in your work is first. 
you know. Um, and then in terms of um, translating that to work, where you were talking about not wanting it to be uh, men and women sort of topic, one other, one, one bridge around that and bridge across gender is if you looked at a leader and the competencies it takes to be an effective leader. And so it might be vision and strategy and team development and conflict management and negotiation and all of the things that help a leader be effective. And those, um, that would be what I would suggest is the next step for a woman as a leader. So first do some personal exploration or maybe with professional to, um, to be clear about what's important to you so that you're aligned with that. And then kind of move into the more pragmatic, um, um, not that that's not pragmatic, if it would be a wrong way to say that, but to move into more, um, uh, maybe better way, a better word, concrete translation of that in terms of the things it takes to be a leader. Hmm. Okay, and then when you say, I'm a little unclear about clearing up what's important to you, like what, is that your vision? That would be per personal, maybe personal mission. Yeah, you know what? You know why are you here? What's the most important thing to you? Uh, for this uh, person I was working with, for her, it really is to give voice to people that don't have a voice. That was the thing that she said to me today, and uh, and to advocate for people that don't have a voice and. Um, and for her to be clear about that will, will likely lead her to do more work in the world of advocacy, which is different than like pure social work where you're just counseling and helping people. I think she's going to move more into leadership roles um, in, you know, maybe in not-for-profit organizations. And I think it would be, it would give great life to what's important there. Yeah, that's interesting. So then the other stuff just kind of falls away because like it's not your most important thing. Yeah, yeah, in terms of directing any any individual's energy, you know, male or female. Yeah. And uh, a woman. Uh, yeah. That's helpful. Thank you. That's just unnecessary then. Okay, cool. To worry about um that's not near your mean. Yeah, thank you for clearing that up. Okay, so let me see here. So what are your thoughts about the alignment between like in, in any kind of coaching, they always talk about alignment between your head, your heart, your body. How do you bring, how do you align all three? And then how do you go about bringing out someone's talents? Ooh. Well, it's a good question. I do it a lot. Okay. With people. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just did it with, you know, um, uh, that would require me to like explain my whole coaching process to you. No, not at all. And it's not um, about necessarily that it's proprietary. Okay. Um, but what I would say that is like deeply personal and not to me, but the way that I will help people tap into what's important to them is about exploring with them personally. What, what does work mean to them? Um, looking around, think about that conversation. Oh, 
um, she was talking about helping giving people voice. So I'm using this one kind of case as an example because it's fresh and, and relevant, you know. And um, and I said, well, what's important to you about giving voice to people? And she was saying, well, I want I would wish that people would be treated fairly and equitably. And then I asked her, what's important to you about that? Why is that important to you? And then she was stumped, in a good way stumped, because we both know that that is something that we'll explore further for her in terms of what that means to her. I, we did talk about that having some connections with her early life experiences, her family experience, her growing up in her family experiences, and that that process of, of kind of just continuing to explore why with someone on very specific questions, it's not something you can get from a book, but to the back and forth of exploring what I know people are clear is important and valuable to, to them, but not clear to in explaining why. And so getting that clarity around why something is important to someone will lead to more, will lead to actions that are more aligned with what they want and who they are. Hmm. That's my experience, especially in career coaching. Yeah. And why did you get into that? Or yeah. Is it a problem that you had for yourself? Oh, why did I get into career coaching? Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, what I say was a problem. I, I probably would say yes, in that uh, it depends on how you define problem. <laughs> but the, uh, my first career was in accounting, and while I did it for 12 years, and I'm glad I had the knowledge, it was completely not what I should do. Especially if you're listening to me talk right now, you wouldn't think, oh, he's an accountant. Yeah. So, uh, what's that? It's a bit too stiff, it seems like, for you. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I could be like pretty formal and boring, but you know, not all the time. Yeah. Uh, no. But the. Uh, but to the question that, uh, and it happened by a series of events and being in the right place at the right time, certain decisions that I made. Um, however, globally, the, that was very much about my own experience and my passion around doing that work with people today to find what's really important to them does come from that experience. Not necessarily early life, but going from accounting to psychology and organizational and leadership development and finding my real home in that work, uh, coming from something that was not me, even though it was interesting, but it wasn't me, uh, that absolutely fuels my desire to do that with other and for other people. Okay, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you have all the talents to you know for being an ex leg coach. Like I'm like, maybe I should hire him. Like it seems like you you're very like. Yeah, a good report, good energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I and I do absolutely love it. I couldn't tell you. I, I don't know if anybody could love work more than I do. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay, so um, I'm very very grateful for that. Yep. So yeah. how are we doing on time? Um, so it's eleven ten. Uh, is it okay? If, you know, five more minutes or eight more minutes? Five. Oh, minutes? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Even if you wanted to go further, yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you. Okay. Yeah.
So for the leadership package as a woman, okay, a woman is like an executive, a VP or whatever. Um, what does the package look like once you're like, what does, what does that picture look like of a woman who is a successful executive or leader? You're driving change, you're influencing from the inside, you're aligned. And then also, yeah. Also, I'm just going to go there because I'm curious, like from the outside too, what does that look like? Are there things that women can harness once they get the inside right that the outside they can have extra influential, you know, influencing? I see, you know, I just, I see guy entrepreneurs all the time. They, or guys in general, you know, kind of get ahead by being charming. Okay. Like, you know, like charming to women or charming. Yeah. And they're able to leverage that. I mean, can women do things like that? Like, I almost almost want to ask you back. What do you think? I think, yeah, I think I don't want to be too caught up on what things look like. I think I usually do that. And it's an excuse for instead of doing the work to be it, because that work is scary. But I think once you get the, the being aligned, um, you can have an extra kind of superpower of looking like one and you can use that looking, you know, using just like being female or like feminine, charming to your advantage. What do you say about that? Yeah, I, well, uh, on one thought that you had earlier is like men being charming to women. Men are also can be very charming to men. You know, like oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you know, just in terms of the, you know, a, a personality type that is just, you know, kind of um, big and fills up the room kind of thing. And so, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so that's that. The, you know, the part of uh, the last uh, thing that you were saying about women and, you know, can they use their femininity or those those things, you know, those parts of their makeup to, you know, advance themselves. I think, um, I think the short answer is yeah. Uh, and then I would imagine, again, this is from the distance of being a man, I would imagine too that it is a, you know, like a, a, you have to like thread the needle, like a woman would have to thread the needle on how much of that to use to the point where it can affect people in a way that she might want them to be affected, but then also not, um, you know, move into a space where they're minimized because they're using that, you know, and so, um, so I think the short answer is yeah, but that particular dimension is got is you know tricky. The first part of the question was you know what's the package you know what's the package of a woman, and it, and I'll go back to something I said earlier, uh, two things I said earlier. One is once you think about leaders and leadership and the set of kind of competencies to be an effective leader that I was going through before, and there's great competency models that organizations have, and it's well-researched. I believe that those competencies are, for the most part, gender neutral, right? However, the other thing that I had said earlier, and I want to resurrect, is the idea that the challenges that a woman leader face to be able to, like, be seen as effective, to be effective, uh, are different than the ones that men face. And um, 
some of it, it was in that article, uh, the New York Times article about CEOs. Um, some of it is about the relationships that they built and, you know, do they, so a different challenge for a woman leader is one, uh, a lot of times it gets talked about whether or not a uh, women leaders have enough role models as women or, you know, women role models in the organization. And that's one thing. One could argue that, you know, I think any woman could use certain men as role models as well. Yeah. That part. That's one part of it. But the other part of it is um, as women go through the ranks, developing a network of stakeholders and buy-in from certain senior leaders to, uh, to that would help advance their careers and their trajectory. Uh, I think that that is a distinct challenge that women have that men have as less of a challenge. Men have that too, but far less um, because of boys club, because of, you know, society. Um, it was one of those things in that article, you know, it's like, uh, two male executives can go for a drink after work. Both of them are married. It's fine. But if okay. a you know, married man and married woman executive go out for a drink after work, it might be seen as funny. And then in turn, because of that, it's done less for women. And then in turn, that's a lost opportunity for building their network. And so those, those challenges are absolutely distinct for women. So it, it isn't necessarily the package or the end game, but it's the things that the hurdles that they have are different, you know? Yeah, that's really interesting. I would totally agree. Like if I was somebody's wife and my husband was going out with like a woman executive, you know, who wants to climb the ladder higher, you know, if she was single, I, I think I'd be, you know, pretty upset. So I, yeah, single or married, I think it, for for the woman, I think it's both, both would present, uh, you know, societal views of that. Yeah. So, what is there a way around that? Um, does, do you have to have the buy-in to advance your career? I guess you do, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. And the first part of the question is really good. Like the ways around that, I don't know if I have specific ideas. Uh, however, I would think that. Uh, a, a woman leader wanting to do that probably does need to be creative in a certain way to bring up or to create different opportunities for those networking interactions. Hmm. Yeah. And then, so what are the, are you, could you share the core competencies of a leader or is it proprietary? I mean, I can look. I can oh, no. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. The, um, no, um, I mean, I could go to any number of, you know, resources. I have a leadership competency model from IBM or uh, research. Um, uh, you know, separately, if you wanted to look something up for yourself to that question around, like, the profile of leadership competencies, there's a, um, there's a research um, instrument called FYI for your improvement. Mm. And, it, and it's issued by, I think, uh, Lominger or like Corn Ferry. And it's a researched set of like 67 competencies. And we use it for doing both 360s, but also for development. And it's just um, a great cross-section of that, you know, of all the different things. Depending on the role and the level of leadership, you don't need all of them. But having some combination of uh, different 
ones, depending on your job, um, gives you, you know, the, the idea of a package. Yeah. Okay. Are there a couple of, like, what would someone like being a good communicator? Yeah. Communicating or, you know, can you articulate your vision? Can you, um, get, you know, get buy-in and support for the changes that you want to make? Um, can you develop strategy? Can you, you know, negotiate, you know, for resources? Um, hmm. Can you manage conflict? There's so yeah. there are many, yeah, many. Those, those kind, yeah. I guess it just takes time. Like I left corporate, but I think over time, like you do get during the daily grind, you get like refined, you know, dealing with like punch down. So one issue I think for me was like I am able to negotiate. I feel like I can do all these things well, negotiate. I'm able to like, you know, lead meetings. But the fact that I was still seen as nice, like some of my behaviors were like, my voice is nice. I think some of those cues gave me less respect from people. So what is the answer to that? Like you can, you have all the skills, but you're still coming across like a nice like, eh, can she really do it? Like, you know, listen to how nice she is. Yeah. And you also had, uh, being frank too, you also had that you were younger as well, right? Yeah, that's true. So that, that was its own element too. And, and that, that could be, that could be true for men and, and women in the workplace. You know? mm-hmm. um, is the answer just to see a therapist or a coach and just get to the root of it? <laughs> oh, no, I, you know, I, um, those things can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you just said too is in, in your introducing that idea, you were talking about you know, the experience of it and just over time you'll get better at um, better at engaging with people or being able to, you know, put your agenda forward. Um, but I think, uh, I think coaches are really helpful in terms of BA, being able to reflect back to someone um, what is working and what's not for them, you know, as leaders. That's okay. a lot of what I, a lot of what I do. Hmm. I, yeah, I just feel like I'm still, um, this is just my own thoughts. Like I'm still, maybe I'm just not coming into the vision quick enough, like, and it'll just unfold, but I feel like, um, there's just gotta be a different way, like something that we're missing. I got maybe, you know, I say this and then I'm like, oh yeah, coaching. I'll just do coaching. I, I feel like it's coaching, but with like a twist of like making things happen sooner for women, giving them coming at these skills from a different angle where like, you don't have to go through that process of like, I know things take time, but like always getting beaten down to find the answer rather than being given the right skill set. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, what was the last thing from finance? What was that? Like, um, no, I said, um, like to make results. Oh, find the answer. Sorry. Yeah. Find the answers. Like instead of being down, as that being your teacher, like, you know, doing the daily grind, like, yeah, eventually I'm going to get hit over the head so many times that I get it. But you know, I, yeah. Is there a way to, I mean, what's your take on this new angle coming across these skills and giving them to women from a new angle? Mm. Or at the same time, is it just, is the answer just buy-in from, from higher up people? 
no, I, I really like the question. And, you know, there is, uh, for men and women, there is a, there is a definite part of quote unquote experience um, that just comes with the territory of doing different things and being at work. And uh, ironically, I have a, another guy that I'm coaching. He's an MD, PhD re researcher, works for a big pharmaceutical company. <clears throat> and he's 41 years old, <clears throat> and he completely feels like he's being held back. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. And he's feeling held back because he, quote, unquote, doesn't have experience, right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, 41 is young still. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, but what, and so we had a whole, you know, or at least half of a coaching session trying to put into words what does experience mean in his situation. And so what I, uh, my point in that is um, that, that that going through the grind, as you mentioned, is part of it, no matter what. And I think regardless of gender. The other thing that you're talking about in terms of a new angle in introducing competencies to women earlier in their career, I would also say that's true by gender, but I think there's something else that I like that's in between there, which is a meaning that uh, what I would say is like for a male or a female executive, be much better that they got introduced to leadership competencies. Um, the thing that's in between is how these competencies where I said earlier, I think that they're gender neutral. Maybe there is something to reconsider about these competencies and how women um, either learn them or practice them. And, and maybe that's maybe that's something uh, by itself to explore. Yeah. 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 I just don't know what it is yet. But like, you know, maybe I just will just maybe it just is coaching and I just need to get more into it. So. I don't know. Just well, for to answer what question though, when you're saying that, this when you say what it is, yeah, oh, the, what you want to introduce or how you want to affect women that way—is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I think it's more how I want to affect women that way, like mm -hmm. um, something that would make it easier for them to have access to their talents. But it's different than coaching. Like it is coaching, but it's a new form of coaching that mm -hmm. makes it easier for them to get to their, to get to their authentic self and that they can save time by not having to go through the grinding and like, why are people holding me back? Or like, well, why does this happen? Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's, it's, I've always, you know, I have to say just in, in um, interacting with you through ACEs and the calls and, and meeting and hearing you in, me in the meetings at the Mastermind, like, um, it's clear to me that you have um, something compelling to, to want to do and bring to women in the workplace and in leadership. Um, and then it's also clear that it's still fuzzy, like what it is, and which is totally good. It's just... Yeah. That's how life goes. That you're on you're on some path to to discover that. Um, what I was saying earlier about the idea of clarity and alignment with yourself. Um, one other thing I'd share about that from my experience is this, and maybe you've heard me say this, but people will say, 
that, you know, I really like working with numbers. I really like helping people, uh, whatever the things are that they like. Like this woman this morning, like I really like to advocate for people. I like to give people a voice. And then as with her this morning, I will say to people, like, you know what? I believe you. I believe you like numbers. You want to give people voice. You like people. Like, I believe you. But can you tell me why? That's what we're talking about in my experience. It's like doing the deep dive and continuing to ask why when, you know, her first answer was, I would like people to be treated fairly and equitably. And I'm like, why? And to keep doing a deep dive, and that's a little bit, that's kind of at the heart of my process when, it, when we're talking about that idea of aligning with yourself. And um, I think most, most people have not done that exploration. doesn't mean that they're not doing work that's fulfilling. They just couldn't tell you what it is about that. And the last point, because you were talking about this before, about alignment, not just being with yourself, but then how does it manifest itself at work? And, um, and that's also the experience is that it's not just nice to know what's important to you. If you know what's nice, what's important to you, you'll literally make different decisions about your career. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's beyond just a curiosity kind of thing. You know, it really has real impact. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I've like started seeing like glimpses of that cause I've been like trying to align myself more I just feel like it opens up a whole new world, like what I thought was possible, you know, even more so, like maybe I'm not thinking big enough for my own life. Not like, like I want to take over the world. Like it's not that like maybe what I want out of my life, I'm not thinking big enough. Like maybe I need to take it up a level higher. And so maybe other women are like that too. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. I, I just, I'm a big fan of what you're wanting to get at, you know? Thank you. Thank you. I know there's something good in it. Um, one reaction I had to what you just said is like making it bigger. I'm like, oh no, actually, what, maybe what you first need to do is make it smaller, but not the task. Uh, but what I really meant is make the focus tighter in terms of what your root motivation is. Yeah. What do you mean? Like why I want to do it? That. Oh, yeah. The whole alignment thing for you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I am working on that. Yeah, I know. You, Eugene, is Eugene your coach? Eugene? Hmm? Is Eugene your coach? No, no. No. He's always big on the why, but I still can't. It, my why keeps changing, so. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Who is your coach, Cheryl? Cheryl. Yeah. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, this was a riveting conversation. It was very energizing. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Part of me wants to hear the recording too. I'm like, man, 